0: hello hello and welcome back to a pinch of honesty i am still sounding husky uh that's just how we're gonna have to roll this is of course the uh, travel edition so welcome to the united kingdom where i've been sleeping like crap uh having a very rough time at work because not sleeping well and still trying to be productive <laughs> it's always, always something, isn't it? Um, I've currently read that the podcasting software that I use is no longer going to be available for free. So, you know, when I first started the podcast and tried to figure out what to use to record them, it was was a, a trial finding something that I understood that worked, that I could download and then use the other software for hosting. Um... We're gonna have to see what happens. Lord only knows. Lord, Lord, it's always it's always uh, changing. So who knows? Um, I think after November 11th, the software goes away. I will have to see what I can sort out uh, to be here and be present with you guys. I am not going to post about the news Um, for those of you that are paying attention to the news and may want that. I'm sorry that it's not. That's not what we're going to talk about today. Um the pinch of honesty from today um, has to do with my travels. So flying over here to England, I was in Chicago and I noticed two things. So first of all, that while traveling, one of the things it seems like happens to both humans and what the airlines actually do is give people a ton of food or you're kind of forced to have a bunch of food. And I think part of it is to keep, to keep the masses to keep the wild animals at bay. Right. And on a plane, you have a tendency to even eat when you're not hungry because they're constantly, you know, bringing you something more, you know, here, by the way, it's very early here. Sorry. Apologizing. I have my coffee. I should probably just drink my coffee. It's like the coffee break,, uh, the coffee is instant hotel coffee, not great, but better than nothing. um, but I think it's a good way to to keep masses of folks kind of in line right is you you just bring them yet something else to eat, and so I try not to eat everything that's actually brought to me because I'm not fucking hungry. <laughs> um, I also try to eat only what i'm what I want, what I'm hungry for, right. Which then also means, by the time I get off the airplane, I am actually hungry, right? Uh, Which means I can find food that I really want versus you know crappy food that I really don't want, but it's just kind of like in front of you, right? The other thing that I saw on this trip was um, a couple with their kids who had McDonald's, and I don't know, we had probably uh, like an half hour before the flight was going to board it was delayed a little bit of course and they ate so fast that i was sitting there on the side of my seat ready to Heimlich one of them because they were actively shoving food into their mouths so fast that i was concerned for their well-being And at first I was like, oh, maybe it's because like they haven't eaten and they're concerned about timing, like for the flight and getting on and blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, well, I mean, you can always eat when you get on the plane. It's not like there's some rule against eating on the plane. And then I was like, okay, maybe they're really, really hungry. You know, like maybe they're so hungry that they just want to shove it into their mouths as fast as possible. But then when I noticed the girls, they were young girls, probably... My guess would be five and seven ish, maybe six and four ish. And they were eating in the same way, right? Just this shove as quickly as possible, barely masticating any food, swallow. The swallows looked painful because they were shoving it in so fast. Now, both of the parents looked, you know, they were not overweight, right? Like they looked um, young and thin. But what a way to eat, you know? I'm still inhaling this hot coffee. It was no joy in eating. It was no joy. Of course, they were eating McDonald's, but it was like no joy in the food itself, right? It was more of a shove it in as fast as humanly possible and have it be in my stomach and be done with this entire exercise. That's, that's what it looked like. Right. And it made me think about the food that I've eaten since I've been on this trip. Right. It's made me stop and smell it and enjoy the bites that I've taken. And it's even caused me, you know, I'm I'm at a meeting. It's like curated food that comes at lunch. Yesterday, they had burritos, which I'm like, you guys should just not serve as burritos, right? We're from New Mexico. It's not going to go well. <laughs> and it wasn't. I ate a portion of it and was like, I'm absolutely not enjoying any of this why continue, right? Um, now, I also thought back to, is it possible that these are folks who've come from a place or time in their lives or, you know, their parents' lives where food was scarce? Because that's the other thing that really pinged for me, right? Is like, if it's somebody, the way they ate was like the type of people who haven't eaten in a week or two and are so hungry that they can't stop to take a breath, right? Or maybe that, that is something that has happened to one of them in their lives. And so um, they they don't know that now they do have food and they should slow down, right? It was, it was incredibly bizarre. Right. So the, but the things that you see while on travel, right. Um, the other thing that was absolutely humorous and um, I was sad to say, I had to be the person to step in to say something was a lady who came walking by who had a piece of toilet paper that was sticking out of the back of her pants. And it was not like an inch of paper, toilet paper. It hung from the back of her jeans down almost to the floor it was like a tail of toilet paper (laughs) and this lady like walks by with his tail flapping in the wind of toilet paper she walks around this like other area to see to like her seating area um you can tell that like her friends and family are sitting over there nobody says anything and so at some point when she gets up to get on the plane I'm like man you know you have toilet paper hanging out of your pants and when she grabs it and pulls it out I mean Mortification, right? But it was a long flight, right, from Chicago to Heathrow. Can you imagine sitting on a plane with toilet paper hanging out the back of your pants for that entire amount of time? No, no, thank you, right? Um, I just I can't even imagine. All right, the last topic is that you know I've been I've been reading, 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 and of course, um, also writing, writing, writing. I have taken a small hiatus from my new book that I am working on that uh, came about after Kate's passing and have decided that, you know, it's been a year and a half basically since I finished my last novel that I really ought to like finish first edits. And so I'm giving myself until the end of October to finish edits. I'm tracking it as a way to push myself to actually finish edits, which is good. It's pushing me to move forward. Um, I'm not. I'm not happy with my voice in the story. Uh, it's not. It's not the voice that I want. So a lot of the the verbiage, the chapter after chapter, when I read them, how it f- how it flows is fine. How it sounds is not fine to me. Right? It's not. Im- it's not imbuing the feelings that I want necessarily. So. Um, I'm going to finish up this first round of edits. I'm not going to harp on myself too much about it at this point. But what I am going to do is I am going to contemplate either a finding a really good editor who can help me with the voice of it or going back through to change the voice. And I think for a lot of it, it's also, I notice that I'm repetitively using the same words that I like. Right, that I use in my own voice that doesn't translate well for the story. So um learning, learning as I go, right? I'm thinking about taking a creative writing course at our local university, try to help me branch out, help me learn how to put the voice that I want into the story that I want. I think you're never too old uh to go back and learn things. Never. So as I've been cruising through and reading more and more off of my to-be-read list, one of the things that I noticed was that a number of the authors that I read use initials instead of their actual names, right? So there is DM Gay, right? Um, there is, um, of course, one of my, my favorites, right? J.S. Morin, where, you know, when you're reading... Um, I have, I have no idea guy, girl, no idea. Right. Like you're just kind of reading one of my latest favorite stories is the house witch. And it's by somebody who's named, um, Delamock. No first name. Is it a last name? I have, I have absolutely no idea. Right. Um, it just says (laughs) Delamock. Um, you know, and when you and when you have authors who have a first name like Richard or Becky or Amy, right? It's quite easy to take away from that and say, Yeah, I know kind of who this is or what they are, in your head, anyways, whether that's true or not, right? Um, oh, TJ Um Klun, who did the The House in the Cerulean Sea, another like, you know, just initials, right? Um, v. Schwab. V. A. Schwab. I don't know. So I started looking up um, authors and, in particular, you know, um, authors who just use initials, right? Of course, there's a couple that are very, very famous, right? There is J.K. Rowling, right? Crazy, famous, just use in initials. J.R.R. Tolkien, of course, right? Um, T.S. Salinger, right? Just initials. And for some of these things, I've heard why people have chosen to go with initials. In other cases, I have no idea why they've chosen to go with initials and not, but I started looking up why would somebody just use initials versus their entire name? Or why would they use a pen name versus their actual name? Now, one of my favorite stories about pen names is of course, um, is, is, um, you can tell it's early here. I'm, I apologize. (laughs) Is Stephen King, right, so Stephen King, of course, is his actual name, um, but while he was writing right the, the story that I read was that he was too prolific, and that they told him he had to slow down, right He was flooding the market with books, so he had written a book and he wanted to publish it, however, they did not want to publish it under his name because he had too many books that were out there, and so The book had gone to press and he hadn't picked the name he wanted it to be published under. And this book, by the way, was Running Man. And so he was listening to um, Bachman Overdrive. And so he was like, I don't know, John Bachman. And so Running Man was published under John Bachman. for a long time, nobody knew that it was actually Stephen King who had written it. And I love that story, right? Because A, he didn't put any real thought into his pen name at all. And for him, it was more about he was just writing, right? He just had, he just had books that he wanted to, to put out there. Um, so, you know, I know for, for some folks, especially if they're writing dirty, filthy romance, that having either a pen name or just initials helps them feel a bit um, anonymous, right? For some folks, it's also the, the mystery of it right that it's not clearly them right so just having having your initials out there makes makes the whole thing just a little bit a little bit more um mysterious right i think for some folks and in particular for females um it's a really good way for somebody not to associate it with being like a female author versus a male author or um if somebody has a a very you know clearly a Jewish name or a name that is associated with something—it's kind of easier if they if they just use their initials. Um, also, there's something to be said for how it looks in print, right? Or if you just have a straight-up hard name, just a name that's really difficult to say—you know—maybe that's the direction that folks want to go: is um, just to use their initials, right, instead. I would be worried that if your name was uh, Sean Smith or Sam Smith Smith or Jane Smith, that if you were to use that name, um, there may be loads, loads, and loads, and loads of people who have the exact same name, right? So, um, you know, m- maybe, maybe that's that's uh, that's you know the reason to just toss out initials. Or a pen name, right? Um, I think, you know, one of the other folks that I had read about that was interesting was C.S. Lewis, um, which is not his name at all. His name is uh, Clive Staples, and he didn't like his name. <laughs> and so um, he picked that name c.s lewis um because of a beloved dog um still drinking out here right um good on you right uh if if you're not into your name why do it right um uh, jd salinger was really jerome david right? That's, you know, the JD portion of it, but everyone called him Sonny. So he just decided, you know, he didn't want to have Jerome. I have to be honest, right? If it said Jerome Salinger on uh, Franny and Zoe, I'm not sure I would have really picked up the book and been, you know, so far into it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Anyway, so I, I find it truly interesting as to why some folks, Have gone through to abbreviate their names um, or to just put their initials out there or to choose a pen name. Uh, The first book that I published was under my own name. Should I go with initials? Should I go with my own name? I have no idea, right? Uh, Is it becoming more in to go with initials? Maybe, maybe. Does that mean I want to go that direction? I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. All right, so this is the Early morning, it's still blackout ramblings of um somebody who's jet lagged, sleep deprived, been going to the gym with a girlfriend, I'm sore, <gasps> um, uh, still recovering from a cold, so I sound husky. Probably a perfect time to record a podcast, right? I've got that, I've got that deep, rumbly voice. Um, am I still um, suffering through menopause? Yes. Am I still in tears often and missing my caters? Mm, Yes. (sighs) Just saying her name makes me want to cry. I flew through Chicago, which is where she passed. It's where her family is. The last time I was in England was with her. So I'm back in England without her. I, of course, texted her brother who told me to um, behave myself and not get into trouble. Which, of course, I'm here for work. Why would I get into trouble? But um, it made me miss her more. And grief is so fucking hard. Because you never know when it's going to come or go or how you're going to feel, Right? You can wake up on a day and be bright and cheery and absolutely here. And then you see something, or you hear something, or you smell something, and you're right back in it. You know, you're right back in the grief. And there's no good reason for it, right? I think it's it's the body's way of dealing with trauma. So my plan is that I'm going to finish editing. The last book. First edits will be done. I will find a magnificent editor. I will, I will choose the voice that I want to move forward with with my first book. And then from there, I'm going to put my attention on my um my my dedication to Kate. My book that is inspired from um her passing and I feel like it will help me recover. It will help me through my grief and um, I will be in a much better place. Well, I'll probably still cry. (laughs) I'll probably still, I'll probably still have the weird ups and downs. I think it's life, but um, I will be, I will be dealing. I will be dealing with it in such a way that I think it'll be positive for me. So with that I thank you for turning into this husky uh sleepy (laughs) coffee drinking podcast I seriously fucking appreciate every single one of you and I see you I see you out there so have a magnificent day and I will catch you on the flip side